For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. is playing for the national title. It's too long, and Syracuse is your national champion. Who's out? Who's out? Who's out? Who's out? Who's out? What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Believe on Syracuse podcast. I'm Michael Gross, joined by two SI writers, Sports Illustrated writers that have uh, done just some fantastic things. First one being Mike McAllister of Sports Illustrated on Syracuse and the Louisville Report, Matt McGavick uh, from Louisville. And what we're kind of doing here is we're going to really be doing a preview of Louisville versus Syracuse in week one here of college football on Saturday, September 3rd. And I don't know if we've had a format like this, guys, before where we're having the two beat reporters here for Sports Illustrated kind of debate who they think is going to win and who's going to be the better team this week. Yeah, it'll be fun. And what people don't know is um, Matt has been texting me every day all offseason about how much he loves Syracuse. He loves their team. He wishes that he was covering Syracuse and, um, you know, all of those things. So it'll be it'll be fun. Um, you'll hear Matt's love for Syracuse throughout the entire episode, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, I, I can't get enough Garrett Schrader. Who can? Honestly, I mean, the beard is spectacular. Um, he's a funny dude. I don't know who heard his, his, uh, little quip this week, but, um, he was, you know, he made some comment about his limited vocabulary and someone said, didn't you take the ACT ACT? And he goes, dude, I went to the sec. I didn't have to take that. <laughs> it was hilarious. It was hysterical. I love the little shot at the sec. Um, uh, but he's, he's a funny dude, regardless of, you know, perhaps some of his limitations as a passer. He is, he is a funny dude. And he, again, he has a spectacular beard. And a great personality, like we yeah, said. Yeah, absolutely. Even, even Dino Baber said at one point uh, for us to ask him about him wrestling an alligator. Um, <laughs> and he's a pilot. Yeah, oh yeah. I, he's 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 an interesting dude. Yeah, right. I don't think there's many gators up in Syracuse, though. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta go uh, down south for that. I think the uh, last time there was a gator in Syracuse was 1992 when Florida came up to the Dome. Ah. Uh, Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, eSports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information, from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join today. And make your first sports bet. Use our promo code Believe Fifty B L E A V five zero to receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. 
Well, how about uh, let's take a look at Saturday. Louisville coming into the Dome. It's going to get loud in the Loud House. Uh, the environment is probably going to be like no other. Syracuse has a lot of promise this year, but Louisville, they've really dominated Syracuse in the last eight matchups. They're 7-1. and one. They're 3-0 and oh in the last three with Coach Scott Satterfield. So what is going to make this outing different from the last for both of these teams or really from the first eight matchups between these two, because this is, these are both new teams, newly constructed teams with new coaching staffs a little bit. So what's going to make this different? Well, I'll, I'll start and, and then I'll kick it over to Matt. But uh, I think from a Syracuse perspective, what makes it different is a, the last two have been at Louisville and they've been later in the season. Syracuse has been banged up. Syracuse has not been a deep team almost the entire time of Dino Babers tenure. And that shows when you get towards the end of the season, you're banged up and you start having to play guys more than, than what you'd like. And when you're going up against a team like Louisville, that even when they're down, they still recruit at, at a pretty high level. And they've got a lot of, you know, uh, in-state talent that, you know, keeps some pretty good talent in their program. So when you're playing a team like that, you're playing on the road and you're a little bit banged up, it makes it difficult, um, especially because Louisville has athletes that can take advantage of, of deficiencies that Syracuse has. And I think you've seen that the last two years. So from a Syracuse perspective, you get it, you get them at home. It's you're healthy and you're hoping that some of the moves that you made in the off season will shore up some of the weaknesses that you showed against Louisville. You know, Louisville had zero respect for Syracuse's passing game last year. And honestly, why should they have? It was the it was the absolute right game plan that I'm surprised it took teams as long as it did to figure out, which was throw nine in the box and say, Garrett Schrader, throw the ball. I don't think you can. And he he proved in the last three games, at least in those games, that he couldn't do that enough to win. So you know, Syracuse is hoping there's improvement there, improvement with a new offensive coordinator, quarterbacks, coach, better play calling and all of those things. A couple of weapons they brought in from the transfer portal, actually using the tight end for the first time in four or five years, it seems like. And hopefully all of those things combined with having a superstar like Sean Tucker and what Garrett Schrader can do with his legs will help Syracuse uh, be a little bit more successful. Now, Matt, as Mike said Louisville really didn't have respect for the passing game of Syracuse, but Syracuse is going to have to have respect for Malik Cunningham was under center. Oh yeah. And kind of building off of a point that Mike had, not only is it going to be at Syracuse, I mean, it's been, it's, it's been in Louisville for the past three years, but it's going to be in the very beginning of the season. There's going to be a feeling out process on both sides and Louisville, while they have a lot of a decent amount of returners, there's some newness amongst some coaching staff positions and on the roster um, over the off season, they hit the transfer portal very hard in some of their positions of need and they hit home runs at almost every spot. They pulled Tyon Evans, the Tennessee, the Tennessee transfer running back who was the Vols leading rusher before he had an ankle injury. They pulled Tyler Hudson an FCS all American at wide receiver from central Arkansas. They got Momo Sanogo, a four, four or five years started at Ole Miss down uh, at middle linebacker, kind of side-by-side side with Monty Montgomery. And in the secondary, which was kind of patchwork to begin with last year, they pulled a, a handful of guys. Uh, Quincy Riley was one of the best uh, group of five DBs last season. Jarvis Brownlee was boomer buzz, but he's incredibly aggressive. And going back to your original question about Malik Cunningham, I mean, I mean that's, that's the offensive game plan to start off. But going back to my newness point, it's kind of a little bit of a retooled wide receiver room for the second year in a row, but 
Louisville feels a little bit better this time around regarding their receivers than they did last year because heading into last season, they really had no idea who they, who was going to step up because they lost Des Fitzpatrick, they lost Tutu Atwell, and there was a bunch of unproven guys behind them. At least this time around, they returned Amari Huggins-Bruce, who was elect, who showed flash of brilliance as a true freshman. Braden Smith was going to be the number one guy heading into the last season until he suffered a knee injury in just the third game of the season. And then you bring in Hudson and D. Wiggins, who could benefit from a fresh start after two kind of lackluster seasons at Miami, but have a, a good freshman season in 2019. So I think it, it, it might take a, a quarter or so for Malik to really get things going to the passing game just because, I mean, you've got all offseason to build chemistry and repertoire of your receivers, but until you get live game reps, you don't know how it's going to go. But it really helps that Louisville has, I think, one of the best offensive lines in the ACC and one of the best running back rooms in the ACC. So that will definitely kind of help him establish the passing game because a lot of Louisville's passing game is built off the play action. And Louisville – Louisville's got the horses to really run. Well, neither team really had the most dominant offense. Louisville being six and six last year, Syracuse uh, or six and seven, uh, Syracuse being five and seven last year. And but they've done something this year in the offseason that might just help the both of them. They both brought in new offensive coordinators. Uh, Matt, we'll start with you and then we'll come back to Mike first. Lance Taylor used to be a running backs coach at Notre Dame, uh, even worked uh, in the NFL with the Carolina Panthers. They're bringing in a, a lot of experience, and hopefully that's going to help them maybe go over the 500 mark this season. Yeah, and, and I'm interested to see how it will impact the scheme. I don't think the scheme is going to take too many changes because Satterfield is still going to be the primary play caller. What the addition of uh, Lance Taylor is, is that it helps kind of streamline the offensive staff and the offensive roster, because I'm not sure how many people know this, but Louisville had no offensive coordinator last year. It was kind of OC by committee with all of the position coaches, which I mean, had kind of mixed results, but I think we can, the consensus among fans and a lot of people down here is that they needed an OC because at the, at the very minimum, it takes a lot of pressure off of Satterfield so you can concentrate more so on just the head coaching abilities. And another set of eyes on an offense allows Louisville to kind of get better in some situational because situational football was Louisville's bugaboo last season, both on offense and defense, more so on defense, but offense wasn't perfect either. They're, they weren't that great on third down. The red zone offense was kind of streaky. It was decent, but there were it came up short in some terrible, terrible situations like against Clemson when they were just right there on the goal line and they couldn't punch in. So at a minimum, it will help maybe it'll help take a load off of Satterfield first and foremost. And it'll help progress the offensive scheme from a situational standpoint. It's tailgating season and no one does it better than Hoffman's Sausage Company. Beer Bratwurst, Jalapeno Cheddar Sausage, Kabasi and bun-length chicken sausage. Add them to the menu with classic German Franks and snappy grillers, and fans will go wild. Proudly made in New York since 1879, when you bite into a Hoffman, you experience a little bit of upstate history. Taste tells, Hoffman is a proud partner of Syracuse University Athletics. Well, in terms of Syracuse, right, Mike, Robert and I has come in, and he's had just some incredible seasons. He's had almost 40 years of experience now, but last season might be one of his most impressive in terms of statistics, uh, averaging over 518 yards at Virginia last year of total offense. 
Yeah. Now th- this, the difference between that and this year is he came from uh, an offense with Brennan Armstrong, who's one of the best passers in the ACC and a very underrated wide receiver room. I think they had some pretty good wide receivers. They were all big and long and, and caused a lot of matchup problems. And that all helped. Now Syracuse has some guys with size, Ronde Gadsden, Damian Alford, um, Amari Hatcher. They, they've got some guys with some size, but um, Garrett Schrader isn't Brennan Armstrong throwing the football, obviously. But the thing that is intriguing about Robert and I's past is he's had guys like Taysom Hill at BYU. He's had run first quarterbacks at Virginia when he first got there. Uh, Bryce Perkins, I believe, was was another one. And so he's played he's coached those type of players similar to what Garrett Schrader is, where his primary strength is with his legs and you just need him to be competent as a passer as opposed to being a Brennan Armstrong at, as a thrower of the football. So those things are good. And, you know, we've looked back at his history when Syracuse first hired him. He's had years where they've run the ball 55% of the time. They've had years where they've thrown the ball 55% of the time. And then they've had balanced offenses 50-50. So he seems to be able to tailor his game plan to what his talent is, which I think is from a Syracuse standpoint is encouraging with what they have. But then also the play calling the last couple of years – was so vanilla, was so predictable, lacked creativity. There were so many issues. Fans were were frustrated. Uh, it, it seemed like the players were frustrated, and they sort of expressed that with the changeover to Robert and I. So, you know, Syracuse fans are certainly hoping that that some of those issues go away with this, with this changeover. Well, let's stick with the offense for just a second and talk about uh, both of the quarterbacks and how they match up, Malik Cunningham uh, and Garrett Schrader. Two guys that are really elusive once they escape the pocket, but one of them I think has a better really set of skills in the passing game. That would be Malik Cunningham. Either way, though, now with Garrett Schrader learning under Robert and I, could that change maybe the outlook of each quarterback and what they do, or at least Garrett on on Schrader's side, and what they do uh, come Saturday? It could to some extent, but... Uh, you know, I don't think anyone's going to expect Garrett Schrader to all of a sudden come out there, throw for 350 yards or anything, you know, almost regardless of who Syracuse is playing against. They play Wagner in a couple of weeks. And even against Wagner, I, I think most people are going to expect that Schrader's most of his big plays are going to come on the ground. He just has to be competent as a passer to prevent teams from putting eight, nine players in the box and just doing everything they can to take away him and Sean Tucker with their ground attack. So if you have even an average passing attack with those two in the backfield of what they can do on the ground, it puts a lot of pressure on on defenses. You need to have a lot of athletes to be able to cover all of those different areas. Now, I think Louisville has athletes to be able to do that to be able to cover Syracuse even if Schrader's better throwing the football so there's going to be some chess match things there between the coaching staffs and how they try to disguise some things and get matchups and Syracuse is going to try to get Schrader out on the edge in some one-on-one situations same with Tucker see if they can get some one-on-one coverage and have Schrader take advantage of those but you know, I, I think going into this game, there's there's no question if you're talking about who has the advantage of quarterback at quarterback it has to be Uh, Malik Cunningham going into the game on paper Uh, we'll see how they play it's college football you never know Appalachian State goes into Michigan and beats them I mean crazy things happen every week in football but I I give Malik Cunningham the edge going into this one and and Matt Matt they've talked about there's been a lot of talk online on Twitter on Instagram everywhere about how Malik Cunningham could be the next Lamar Jackson coming from Louisville he's really great with his feet uh, and, and on the ground but even then, bringing in Lance Taylor, who is who has worked 
uh, on both sides as a running backs coach and with some wide receivers, he might really take his game to the next level on the ground. Oh, absolutely. And Lance Taylor, he's drawn a lot of praise both within the building and from media around here because he's got an extensive background both um, in college. He saw some time in the NFL. I believe when he was with the Jets, he's, he worked with quarterbacks a little bit. But, I mean, anytime you bring in a running backs coach who's coached not one but two Heisman runner-ups when he was at Stanford coaching both CMC and Bryce Love, you're bringing in a coach who knows what he's talking about. And not to mention the Notre Dame's had some pretty good running backs over the last couple of years. I think, who was it, Chris Tyree that had 1,000 yards a season ago or something like that. But anyways, it, it's funny enough that he's going to be our the wide receivers coach and not running backs coach because Louisville's got a pretty well, relatively well-established running backs coach now in Darrell Sims. But oddly enough, yeah, Malik Cunningham, he's incredibly dynamic with his legs. He's He doesn't have Lamar's speed. He doesn't have Lamar's shiftiness. I mean, Quite honestly, no one does because it's Lamar Jackson. But he's he's still pretty darn good in, in both facets. But I'll be interested to see his progressions as a passer because I know it's it sounds cliche every offseason when talking about a, a dual-threat passer. They want to work more so on their abilities as a pocket passer. Uh, but we over the course of the offseason, we got nuggets here and there about what actual progressions he was working on. Uh, quarterbacks coach Pete Thomas told us that he wanted Malik Cunningham to kind of work on his footwork a little bit. They're incorporating more check downs to running back, which is something that has not been very prevalent in Louisville's offense for the past few seasons, which is something the fan base has been clamoring for, especially since while Malik Cunningham ha- has gotten better in going through his reads he's he's not going to stand in the pocket the entire time just go check down check 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 because he's got his legs so he can use those to run so he's gotten a lot better at uh going through his reads seeing what's open if something's not there throw to your check downs to potentially get a bigger game there than maybe what you would get on your legs and take a hit off of you and not only that he's taken some strides as a leader and in his overall maturity not to say he was immature before but there were some moments last year whenever the offense when things weren't going their way, he would get a little bit mopey on the sideline, but it seems like now he's a lot more level-headed, a lot more even keel and poised to help lead the offense. Well, he's going to have to be poised sitting there in the pocket as the Syracuse defense, they managed to hold opposing offenses to less than 70 yards per game on the ground, finishing in the top 25 in the nation. And we talk about uh, their defense. We can look at it from both on both sides, on the defensive side, Syracuse, they have in, in the secondary, Garrett Williams, do Chestnut. But if you look at Mike L. Jones, who's really leading uh, this team, one of the most vocal leaders, he matches up against Louisville's Monty Montgomery in his return from the ACL tear last season. I'll start with you, Mike. Which linebacker will have the better day against the opposing offense? Because both of these guys, we know how explosive they can be and how dangerous they can be if left unmarked. Yeah, I mean, what's funny is you mentioned Syracuse's run defense and how good it was last year and the game I think it was the worst all season was against Louisville they ran all over Syracuse now uh, Syracuse had some depth issues when it's front seven at that point they had lost a backup linebacker to the portal and a couple defensive linemen were down and or not 100% that happens towards the end of the season but even so you know Syracuse's hope is that being healthy this year will help them in that area there's no question that they need Mikel Jones to have a performance like he did last year against uh, Liberty when Malik Willis came into the dome and they 
they didn't completely stop him. He threw for a couple of touchdowns and had some good moments with his legs, but he didn't dominate the game. He didn't take over. They held Liberty to 21 points and they were able to pull off a win there. If Syracuse wants to beat Louisville, I think Mikel Jones, who chased Malik Willis all over the field, had a couple of sacks. Every time Malik Willis tried to escape the pocket, Jones was right in his face. He needs to play that type of a game so that Syracuse can try to get the Louisville's offense off the field, not let them keep moving the chains. You get Louisville into a third and six and a third and seven. You can't let Malik Cunningham escape the pocket and pick up the first down. So he certainly has to be the, an all ACC first team performer in this game. Like he was last season. And honestly, I, I think going back to your question of who's going to be a, the better force in this game, uh, Michael Jones or Monty Montgomery, as, as good as Montgomery is, I think it's going to be Jones because for Montgomery, he's coming off of an ACL tear and he hasn't played football since the UCF game last year, which was Louisville's second game of the year. So he's had nearly an entire year where he hasn't been on a football field. Now he's 100% cleared by all accords. He's 100% healthy and ready to go. But I think with everyone else who's starting the game, there's going to be a little bit of an acclimation period, like maybe a quarter or so, because, I mean, he hasn't been on the field in that long, and you can take all the practice reps you want. It does. It's nothing compared to game speed. And there's a lot There's a lot of other weapons that Syracuse probably need to take account for, namely Yasir Abdullah, who last season posted arguably the best uh, season by Louisville Patch Rusher in nearly a decade. Uh, we've heard great things about Momos and No-Go. They've got a revamped defensive line who's going to be who's going to, in theory, be a more of a handful of guys like Jermaine Lolay came over from Arizona State. He's got real NFL potential. I, I think with the amount of um, ferocity that Montgomery pursues the backfield, I mean, he lives back there. He loves to run support. He loves to blitz. I, I think he'll he'll get his at some point. But I think from a continuity standpoint, I think Jones is probably going to have the better night. Yeah, I mean, both of these defenses are pretty good, uh, to say the least. But I guess really the matchup that we're looking for is Syracuse defense being top 25 in the nation uh, in stopping the run game. But also, Louisville's yards per game has been top 25 in the nation in all three years that Scott Satterfield has been the head coach. Obviously, they're an offensive-minded team. Now, why don't we look at just what, what the spread is right now? I believe... The spread's four and a half points. Uh, it's giving Louisville four and a half points. Um, what do we think, guys? Do we think Louisville's going to cover? Do we think Syracuse is going to maybe start off the season with a big win? I mean, there are plenty of outcomes that could happen during this game. But anytime you step into the Loud House, anytime you step into the JMA Wireless Dome, uh, you know, it, anything could happen. That sound that still sounds very strange. I can't even imagine what it's like from um, you know, someone who's not here. I've at least had an entire offseason of trying to like when I'm writing stories of calling it that. Yeah. It still doesn't sound right. But you know, Matt's covering Louisville and then all of a sudden, okay, first game of the season, we're going up to the carrier. Nope, it's not the carrier domain. I mean it's 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 weird. But anyway, um, you know, I I think the, the big thing four and a half points, this is this is why I don't bet sports because this is, this is a game that could be, you know, Louisville could be up 30 to 27 and Syracuse is going down to try to kick a tying field goal. And on a play, Garrett Schrader tries to force a pass. It's picked off and run back for a touchdown. 
And then the final score is 37, 27. And you look at the game and say, Oh, well, you know, Louisville won. they scored 37 points on the road. They must've kind of controlled that game where reality, it was a tight game kind of all the way through and a play at the last minute is, is what does something like that. Or you could have the opposite where, you know, Louisville's in control. They're up 37, 27 and Syracuse scores a touchdown with four seconds to go to make it 37, 34. And now you cover the spread. I mean, so this, this is why I hate the spread. I'm much better at picking straight up winners, but I do think this is going to be a much closer game than what it's been the last three years. Um, and I think it's been something like seven of the last eight or whatever between these two teams has been at least a 20 point um, victory one way or the other, even though most of the time it's been Louisville. I still think, I think in this game, because of the circumstances early in the season, um, Syracuse knows how important this game is for them, given the schedule that they have coming up. They played better at home the last couple of years than they have on the road. And, you know, all of those things, I think it's going to be a closer game. So I'd lean towards taking Syracuse in the points if, if I was going to bet, but I wouldn't feel good about, I wouldn't feel good about taking either because I hate the point spread. (laughs) It's, Maybe this is just me, but it is really hard for me to ignore recent results in this series. Now, we've established it is completely different. It's start the season. It's not November. It's in Syracuse. And not, it's not in Louisville. And Louisville knows firsthand what it's like to go up to a loud carrier dome <laughs> because in 2012, that was their their Sugar Bowl year. And one of their lo- their two losses on the year was to Syracuse. So they, they know what it's like when things are hopping at the dome. Well, at least I would hope so. That was but, a Ryan Nassib team. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was. I, I won't forget that one. But I would probably be more inclined to pick Syracuse if I if I hadn't seen how well Louisville played against the run last year. And quite frankly – Garrett Schrader didn't really impress me that much through with this passing ability. Now with this new system, as someone who watched Virginia storm back and defeat Louisville in embarrassing fashion in the fourth quarter, this is a, a Robert and I scheme could actually play into Garrett Schrader because while Brennan Armstrong can take long passes, did take long passes down the field. A lot of what, Virginia used to come back in that game where they trailed by 20 and ended up winning were a lot of uh, utilizing the receivers in short space, like quick ins, quick outs, slants, drags to try and get open and then using the athletes to just get as many yards as you can. And this is a scheme that plays into Garrett Schrader's abilities as a passer because he's not known as a doubt as a really deep ball guy. But whenever you have a scheme that kind of plays into, you know, scheming the receivers to get open in the short to intermediate part of the field. This is something that works well for him. So I say all that to say, I don't think it's going to be a blowout for sure. I think it's going to be a lot closer, but it, like I said, I've, I've seen what Louisville has done against Tucker and Schrader, both in the run, how they kind of shut down Schrader's ability to throw the ball. So I would, I would take Louisville. And, and the spread it, it's a big spread for season one ACC showdown but I, I think Louisville covers well I mean you did talk about the fact that with this new offensive scheme Matt with Robert and I coming into Syracuse it's going to make them a, a bit different in terms of some play calling down the stretch 
But Mike, don't you think that might make Sean Tucker that much more useful and that much more dangerous down the stretch? Because if it does open up the passing game, they can't forget about the a guy that was really in, in a lot of us up here in, in central New York. We might think that Sean Tucker should have been in the Heisman conversation. Granted, there was a fall off, but I think this season there's a chance that if he gets hot, he may roll on and potentially be a Heisman candidate. I think yeah. Sean, both Sean Tucker and Malik Cunningham are in the same boat where if both of their respective teams just won more, they might have been in New York for the highest. 100%. And, you know, from a Syracuse perspective, your point, Mike, is is a good one in that if Syracuse wants to be able to unleash Sean Tucker against Louisville or any opponent this year, Garrett Schrader has to throw the football better. Uh, there are some opponents on their schedule, UConn, Wagner, et cetera. I don't think it's going to matter how well they throw the ball. They should be able to beat those teams. But you're playing an ACC opponent and the teams that they're going to be playing this year, the Virginias and the Purdue's and you got Notre Dame and Clemson on the schedule and NC state and all those teams. If you want to be able to beat those teams, you have to be able to throw the football to, to some extent to take the pressure off of what Sean Tucker and Garrett Schrader can do on the ground. And as you said, if Syracuse can show that they can throw the ball early in this game, then it opens up everything else to hurt teams with, with the ground attack late in the game. So if this is a close game and Syracuse is throwing the ball successfully, there's so many things you can do off of it. You can run, um, you can start running the ball and then run play action off of it. Um, you can line up in formations. You've thrown quick passes before and, and give a little slip to, you know, on a draw play to Sean Tucker to get him the ball where perhaps Louisville's looking for a pass in that situation. There's so many things that you can do if you're passing the ball successfully. And, you know, I, I think, don't underestimate the possibility of Sean Tucker being involved as a receiver in this game because it's something Syracuse has really worked on. And then the other thing that Syracuse fans are really hoping for is that they see some targets to the tight end. It's been completely absent from the offense. They had like five targets all of last season to the tight end position, which as a team that struggles to throw the ball is baffling. They just, their offensive coordinator, uh, Sterling Gilbert, just did not believe in throwing the ball to the tight end. For whatever reason, he just didn't. He never has anywhere he's been, and he didn't at Syracuse. And it cost them two tight ends that left uh, good receiving tight ends in Aaron Hackett and Luke Benson that transferred out. Luke Benson's now at Georgia Tech. So now they've got uh, Rondé Gadsden at that spot. We'll see if Syracuse does start targeting the tight end position more um, as in the in the passing game. I think those two things, along with the scheme should help Syracuse be a little bit more successful in the air. Well, those are some big keys for Syracuse, but Matt, what's the biggest key that Louisville needs to really hone in on in order to be able to take down the orange here in the dome? They just have to finish. Louisville's biggest problem last year was not being able to finish teams out. Louisville had, I think, five or six one-score losses last season. I mean, he was basically the, the Scott Frost of the ACC for better or for worse, there was a stretch in the middle of the season where they went one and four with a complete collapse against Virginia. Uh, they nearly beat Clemson, but they lost on the goal line. They were leading NC state heading into the fourth quarter only to give up three straight scores. And I can't remember what the other game was, but it was another one score loss. That was something that plagued Louisville all year. Louisville could have easily been an eight or a nine win team last year if they were able to finish strong and, and they weren't able to, and and they also weren't able to finish in their bowl game against air force. Now granted they were 
short a lot of players either via the transfer portal or just by various injuries. But if they're able to, if it's a tight game going into the fourth quarter in the second half and they're able to pull themselves up and just stay focused, lock in on their keys, you know, all the coach speak, all those things like that, they it'll it'll give themselves a much better chance to win. And they did go undergo a lot of mental training and things of that nature over the offseason. By all accounts, from what we've heard, it's been pretty successful. But then again, it's the offseason. Everything is successful over the offseason. So time will tell what how they'll be able to perform in the fourth quarter once the game actually gets here. Yeah, and and just one quick thing on that um, to, to wrap up that thought. Louisville went one and four in the middle of the season and they had close losses. Syracuse suffered from the same thing where they lost three straight games by three points. Exactly. And this is a team that finished one game short of being bowl eligible. So if it does get into the fourth quarter and it's a close game, it'll be interesting to see how the teams react. Well, it's definitely going to be interesting Saturday, September 3rd at 8 PM, whether you're listening to it on Saturday morning, right before the game at 745. Doesn't matter. It's going to be an interesting one. Be there at the JMA Wireless Dome. I know it's going to take some getting used to or watch it on ESPN. Uh, I want to say thank you, everybody, for joining us on the first edition of Believe on Syracuse for Mike McAllister and the especially great Matt McGavick of Louisville Report. Everybody go check out the Louisville Report, uh, a product of Sports Illustrated. I'm Michael Gross saying thank you very much for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.